You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So I started a series last week uh, titled A Path to Maturity, and one of the things that, that, that kind of prompted uh, this series was the fact that uh, many of us say things uh, like, I, I should have known better than to do that, or, or I need to grow up, or maybe you have a friend or a family member that, that you've said something like, uh, you, need to, you need to quit making decisions like this. Uh, grow up already. You ever said that to someone? Grow up already. In fact, tell someone right now, grow up already, right? <laughs> and, and so we get to this place that we, we, we know really what you're saying is that you need to mature. You need to, you need to grow up. And, and what I know from, from God's word and from walking with the Lord for 20 plus years is that God has given us a path to maturity. God has laid out a path for us to be able to walk and, and, and grow in the things of God and become more like Christ. Um, so that is so vital to everything that, that we do as, as God's people. Paul wrote a letter to, to a young pastor named Timothy, and he was a young man. And in that letter, he says something that's, that's very important. He says, uh, uh, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and that mediator is the man Christ Jesus. And so with this access that we have to the Father, we have a, a full open uh, access to the Father, and we're able to go to him, and, and we, there's no secret code or there's no mystery uh, uh, kind of way to, of going. The way to have a relationship with God Almighty is through Jesus Christ. And when that is established, great things happened. Uh, last week, we talked about the two vital things that you need to mature. And the first thing is you need to have a, a, a life of prayer where you actually pray to God. And when you pray to God, great things begin to happen in your life. Amen? Without God, uh, we live in a desperate state. But with God in our lives, he opens up potential in us that, that we could never muster up in our own ability. Uh, God can do greater things that we could ever even dream so we have this access to the Father. And maybe you're here today and you've never talked to God before. Uh, I just want to invite you to, to begin to talk to God through Jesus Christ, and it'll change your life. It'll change your potential. It'll change maybe where you're stagnant in your life or maybe where you're stuck, and, and he'll help you to push through. So we find out that prayer is, is, is so important to our maturity. And then uh, the apostle John wrote in, in his gospel, he said, to all who receive him, to all who receive Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children who are born not of natural descent, nor of human uh, decision or a husband's will, but you're born of God. And when you understand that you're a child of God, it changes everything. When you understand that you're not a, uh, a product of your, of your past, you're not defined by your circumstances, when, when you're not a product of all the bad that has happened to your life, that you are a child of the Most High God and that God actually dwells in you through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, it changes the way that you live. 
It changes the way that you think. It changes the way that you present yourself because you have a new identity. You identify yourself with, with, with God Almighty. Your ID is different. You, not only do you have an Arizona driver's license, but you have a citizen in heaven ID that you're a child of the Most High God. It changes everything about us. And so we're going to progress today. We're going to look at a, a whole chapter in the, in the letter to, uh, to the church in Ephesus. It's a, the book of Ephesians. And in that, we're going to learn four very important components that you need and I need to progress and mature in the things of God. And the first thing that we need is unity. We're going to look at how important unity is. Um, unity will grow us up because the opposite of that is division. And division will stifle you, right? The second thing we're going to learn about is, is uh, gifting and that God has gifted us some very important things. The, the third thing we're going we're gonna to learn is healthy accountability. How important is it for us to have accountability in our life? For someone to, 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 to tell you where you have your blind spots. You know, you're navigating through life. You're trying to navigate. And, and, and if you don't have someone that can tell you where your blind spots are, you're going to run into a wall. You're going to run into a ditch or things like that. And then the last thing that we're going to talk about, how you mature is serving. You know, serving changes the way we look at life. And, uh, and we're going to look at that. So four God-given lanes to track your path to maturity is what we're going to be looking at today. And, and I'm going to be reading, like I say, from, from verse 1 of chapter 4. But first I want to pray a blessing over the word, a blessing over my speech, a blessing over your ears. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, those three things, Lord, a blessing over your word. It's your word. It's not man's. It's God's word, and so I just pray that you will just allow for us to see it clearly, to understand it in a, in a, in a greater capacity. I pray, Lord, for me as your, as your messenger, as the communicator of God's word. I'm just that. I'm just a communicator. Uh, I'm, I'm just uh, a vessel. But you're the perfect one, Lord, so we pray that through this message that you will be uh, increased. You'll be increased and that, Lord, I will be decreased, but that people will see the message greater than the messenger. We pray for that. And I pray for ears. I pray for hearts to be opened up, Lord God, to receive something today that will be life-changing. I pray for something today to be heard will be life-changing for every person in here. Let this day, let this hour not be a waste of anybody's time. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So here's how Paul starts out as he writes. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord. So he was in prison for, for preaching the gospel. Then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. In other words, it's something that was gifted to the early church. It's something that's gifted to us as well. It's not, nothing that you've earned. He said, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I'm going to say that again because it's vital for us to grab a hold of. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body. Notice, notice the unity here. There is one body, the body of Christ. There might be different church uh, locations, but there's only one body, right? We're all in one church, okay? There is one body and one spirit, the Holy Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. That one hope that we hope for, all of us, is the resurrection, that just how Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day, every single one of us will be raised and be uh, 
ushered into a glorified body where we will never suffer again. We will never be, uh, have to taste death. Those that are dead are going to rise from the dead. They're going to have glorified bodies. They're going to meet Jesus in the air, and those that are alive are going to go behind them. Isn't that amazing? That's the one hope that we have. That's what Easter is all about. And he goes on, he says, uh, one Lord, that's Jesus, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Who is, who is over all and through all and in all. So you see right there the, the Father, you see the Lord Jesus, you see the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, so the Trinity is, is the oneness of the, of the Trinity. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it or allocated it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and he gave gifts to his people. So important that we grab a hold of that. We're going to unpack it right now. So here's lane number one. Lane number one, embracing God's spirit of unity instead of the world's spirit of division. For you to grow, for you to mature, you need to embrace God's spirit, which will bring unity instead of the world's spirit, which will bring division. Why do you think unity is so important to your maturity? Unity brings people together. Division drives people apart. Have you noticed how difficult it is for us to stay in unity? Families are attacked all the time uh, by a wedge of division. Uh, uh, Organizations, workplaces are, are, are attacked all the time by a wedge of, of, of division. Communities, countries are attacked all the time by the wedge of division. And mature families, mature families, they work through their problems with a goal of unity. When you see a family that's maturing in the things of God, you will see that they'll do everything they can to keep unity in their home. In fact, I, I remember my dad, when he was uh, dying in the last year of his life, one of the things that he said to me, he said, he said son, uh, in Spanish, he said, I want you to take care of your brothers. He said, precura tu hermanos. And he would say that over and over, precura tu hermanos. He said, I want you to take care of your brothers. I want you to be there for each other. I don't want you to be divided. I want you to be united. Because if you're divided, it's going to break your mom's heart. And he was, good, he was going to, to go home with the Lord, and he knew that if, he, that if the, the family was broken apart, if us as brothers would be broken apart, it was going to break the heart of my mom. And, and you can never grow to where God wants you to grow if you are divided. Your family will not grow in the potential that it has. A church will not grow with the potential that it has being divided. An organization will never grow into the potential that they have by being divided. Schools that are divided have children that are divided, and they don't reach the potential that they have. Paul said, uh, he said, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. When you're maturing, you'll do anything possible that aligns itself with God's word and purposes to keep unity. And you know what it takes? One of the greatest things that it takes, one of the greatest elements, is humility. 
You have to humble yourself and say, you know what, I messed up. I shouldn't have said what I said. I shouldn't have done what I did. So we went and had this little work day in, in, in Kearney yesterday, and, and these uh, four uh, wonderful uh, men of God went, and, we, and, and they worked you know, to, to, to do some wiring, run some uh, wiring in the attic, and all the things that we've done here at, at the Oracle campus. And you know when you're working together that, uh, that things can get heated? And you can be joking and things. Well, I said something during our work day, and, and I, when it came out, I was like, you shouldn't have said that. And so I, um, that individual that I said that to, I said, I'm really, really sorry for saying that. After it came out, everyone was laughing. It got really quiet. And I was like, why did you say that? And maybe the Lord said, uh, probably because you're preaching a series on maturity and you need to grow up. But I said to that, that, that individual in, in the presence of everybody there, I said, I, I, I was kidding, and I should not have said those words, and I, I just asked for you to forgive me for saying that. And, uh, and he, he, he was very gracious and said, no problem, don't worry about it. And, and so we were driving. Uh, you know, what do you do whenever you have some division? I don't know what you guys do, but I go buy a burger. <laughs> and so I said, let's go get a burger, bro. I'm buying I'm, I'm buying. So we went, and we went to, uh, uh, to this burger place there, Buzzies, at, uh, in Kearney. It's a wonderful place. If you're from the Kearney area, everyone knows Buzzies. And so we, it was packed. You had to wait in line to get in. And, and so we, on the way over there, I said, I, I really am sorry for what I said. And I want for you to please receive my forgiveness. You know, you know, uh, to please forgive me, I said. And, and he was so gracious. He said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But even all night, I was thinking, man, why did you say that, you dummy, right? And, and so what happens to us, if we want to have unity, we have to be willing to humble ourselves and to say we've done something wrong. We've said something wrong. And then it brings that spirit of, 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 uh, of peace and the, and the unity that God wants us to have. I love the way the Message Bible puts it. It's, it puts it like this. In light of all this, here's what I want you to do. Paul says, while I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, I want you to run on the road God called you to travel. See that path? That path? I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere and mark that you do this with humility and discipline. Now, now think about it. Jesus told the apostles, go and make disciples of all nations. Part of making disciples is, is leading people to discipline themselves, for them to submit themselves to the word and the word of God. So he says, discipline, not in fits, not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love. Alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. Now, here, here's what I want you to know. You will never grow into maturity if you don't mend fences. You will never grow into who God has called you to become if you don't humble yourself and tell your, your, your spouse, your, your, your son, your daughter, your parent, hey, I shouldn't have said that. Will you forgive me? The greatest things that we can do in bringing unity is to mend those fences. Lane number two. 
We have to allow Christ to heal the hurts that stifle our maturity. You've probably heard about the glass ceiling. If you've heard, you have, if you've heard about the glass ceiling, just raise your hand. I want to know who, who knows about it. Okay. When you go to, um, you know, your um, junior, senior year of high school, into college, you begin to learn about the glass ceiling. And, and the, the glass ceiling is that invisible, invisible uh, barrier that prohibits people from achieving and maximizing their potential. And I would say this, uh, as a Christian, your God-given potential. Women uh, can experience this glass ceiling at work, uh, and they're sometimes passed over by someone that has the same qualifications, but they're a male, and, and, and women have gotten lower pay, and they've gotten uh, lower positions because, of, uh, because they, they, they were women. Now, this has changed. Let me say this. This has changed in, in great ways uh, in the present time, and, uh, and, and so we see uh, some positive going on, but there's no doubt that that's happened for sure in the, in the past, and it still happens. And then there's minorities that can experience this in their fields as well. And when I think about minorities, let me say this. It's, 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 it's not about the ethnicity, because here's the thing. When I was living in, in Lordsburg, growing up in Lordsburg, New Mexico, the minorities were not the Hispanics. The minorities were the Anglos. And the Anglos were actually limited from, from doing uh, things that they probably could have done because of that, that, that prejudice and bias that can form in humanity, especially without God. And so I'm not even saying that it's a, it's a Hispanic or, a, or an African-American or a Native American kind of uh, glass ceiling. It could be a, an Anglo glass ceiling, but it's that barrier, that glass ceiling that keeps you from reaching your potential because people may, may stagnate what, what, what uh, can be done. And then there's people with disabilities, Right, People with disabilities, they can experience the, the, that limitation that people put on them because people have a tendency to magnify their, their disability instead of magnifying their strengths. And so here's what I want you to know for sure. It doesn't matter which one of these uh, glass ceilings are put on you. What you need to know is that with God you can overcome. And one of the greatest testimonies to that is we have a woman, uh, a, a lady in the church. Uh, she's our bookkeeper. Her name is Wendy Nielsen. And, and Wendy, I, I've shared about her before, and I, I called her. And I said, Wendy, I want to share a little bit about your story. One of these days I want you to actually share your story. Uh, she she's doesn't like to speak in front of a lot of people, but, but I think it, it's powerful. And one of the things about Wendy, when I met her, Sean and I met her about 18, maybe 20 years ago, uh, she was very, very sheepish, and she was very inward. And she really couldn't even look you face to uh, eye to eye as she was conversing with you. But since that time, what you have seen is that God has, has blossomed her. And she's confident. And she, she's uh, very uh, capable in, in, in what she does. Uh, in fact, she's beyond capable. She does a, an amazing job with our, with our finances here at Living Word Chapel and, and was instrumental in us becoming debt-free and, and, you know, us coming out of, of where we were at. And, and so when we look at Wendy, we don't look at her with any disabilities. We look at her just like as God looks at her, as a complete child of the Most High God. And so we need to understand. So, so these things can, can try to stifle us, but there's another barrier. There's another barrier in, in most people's lives that will keep you from becoming everything that God wants you to become. And, and what that barrier is, is the hurts and the offenses that you've experienced in your life. And we all have hurts from our past. And this, these hurts 
They, 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 they're on us, and, and we begin to have baggage in our lives. And, and these hurts will stifle your path to maturity. You can never grow past your hurt. And until you deal with it, you will always come to that wall, and you'll never grow past it. So for me, growing up, you know, putting this front that I had, everything was good, everything was great, I didn't have God. So you, everyone that doesn't have God, you put, on a, you put on a front so that people think you're okay, but inside there's a war going on. Inside there's anxiety. There's all kinds of stress. In your mind, there's all kinds of, of thoughts that are just plaguing you. Well, well growing up, I, I had this, this, this hurt that I, that I dealt with ongoing, and this hurt was a, was a struggle, in, a marital struggle in my home with my parents. And, and so they hid it from us for a lot of years, but one, one day it surfaced, and, 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 and I found out that there was some unfaithfulness. And, and because of that unfaithfulness on, on my mom's part, but then there was unfaithfulness on my dad's part, but I held them in such high esteem. I held them like in, you know what, they don't do anything wrong. And, and when I found out this, it just really, really hurt hurt my heart. It really hurt my life. It hurt every aspect of, of, of me. And, and so uh, uh, I, I dealt with that, and I could never love, I could never give my love out uh, to my wife, Shauna, uh, the way I needed to, because there was a part in me that did not trust and did not uh, have um, just that trust factor with women. There was always that mindset that, what if? Until Jesus came into my life. And when Jesus came into my life, he began to heal me from the inside out. He, he healed the hurt that I had. And when he healed that hurt, my relationship with my mother became so much stronger. It wasn't a superficial relationship. It, was, it became a deep relationship where I was able to talk to her about everything. In fact, the Lord allowed for me to minister to her, my wife and I, to minister to her about this, this relationship that she had outside of marriage. And we, we ministered, prayed with her, and, and it became so strong and so wonderful. But I'll tell you right now that there's someone in here that, that you're struggling with a hurt in your life, and because you've never dealt with it, you cannot grow past your hurt. And so Paul says this as he talks about Jesus and what he did for us. He said, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and he gave gifts to his people. Now, that's such an important and profound statement for us. Let me tell you why. The people in that day, they understood that when a king and an empire went and conquered another kingdom, that they would go and they would plunder all the treasures and all of the, all of the riches, and they would go and they would pass it out to the army. They would dis- the army would distribute, and their families would be benefactors of these riches and these wonderful gifts. Now, when Jesus came, Jesus came for one reason and one reason only. He came to destroy the works of the devil in our lives. And he came because the devil, the devil had, had stolen so many things from humanity and he continues to steal things from humanity. But here's the thing you need to grab a hold of. That when Jesus came and he went to the cross and he paid the price of the sins that he never bore, that he never did, 
because of his great love for each one of us and every person, he paid the price. And when he did, he said, it is finished. So that you won't have to work to try to have a relationship with God because there is only one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. Your works and your accomplishments have nothing to do with your good standing with the Father. It has to do with everything that Jesus has accomplished. Now, when he came and he, and he died, he went into the depths of the earth and he died for us. And he, was, he spent three days in the depths of the earth, right? And then he rose on the third day. And when he rose, the Bible says that when he ascended, when he went into the, to the glory of the Father, that he gave gifts. Everything that the devil has stolen from us, Jesus Christ gives back to us. You see, the devil stole my peace, but Christ gave it back to me. The devil stole my faith that I could have in a very righteous and wonderful God, but Jesus gives it back to us. The devil stole our faithfulness that we can have with one another, but Jesus gives it back to us. And everything that the devil has stolen in your life, your families, he's broken your families, he's, he's, he's broken your, your trust, he, he's broken your ability to, he's stolen your ability to be a loyal worker, all these things, everything that the devil has stolen from you, Jesus, because he's the king of glory, gives it back to you. And when you receive it, beloved, when you receive what, what, what the devil has stolen, he gives it back to you and you will grow and become everything that God desires for you to become. But you'll never grow past your hurt. That's why that truth that transforms campaign is so important to us. It was the truth that transforms campaign that set me free. It's the word of God. It's understanding my new identity. It's understanding what Jesus did for me, what he accomplished. It's understanding that the devil who's trying to destroy me, the only, the only power that he has over me is a lie. If I believe the lie, he'll have me. But if I believe the truth of God, then he has no power over me. And so many of you are believing the lie of the devil that you're, you're not worthy, you're not, you're not righteous, you're not, you're not significant, you're not this, you're not that. You're believing that lie instead of believing that the truth that God loves you so much, he sent the very best for you. And so that he, you could have life in him and an abundant life and so that you could be set free from all the bondage that's trying to keep us bound and keep us down. But you'll never grow past your hurt. And here's the thing. You have to deal with your hurt through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? And because he's forgiven us through the cross, we're able to forgive others. And when you walk in the, in the freedom of forgiveness, you will not be bound to the bitterness of unforgiveness and holding on to strife and offenses and everything that keep us bound and down and everything else that comes with it. God brought you here today to set you free. God brought you here today to say that hurt that you're having, Jesus can heal the hurt. Only he can. Whether it's a rape, whether it's a, a molestation, whether it's a divorce, 
whether it's a, uh, you know, uh, abuse, physical abuse, uh, the, the, the list goes on and on. But until, until you heal, yeah, addiction, I just came, addiction, whatever it is, you need that hurt to be healed so that you can move forward. Because you will not be able to grow and mature until that happens in your life. And I'm confident because I've experienced it that with Jesus Christ you will. You can overcome it. Here's the third lane. The third lane that, that, that you have to have this in your life to grow is you need to submit yourself to healthy accountability. All of us need someone to help us with our blind spots. All of us need someone to speak into our lives. All of us need to, someone that say, you know what, um, you, 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 you blew it here. But here's the thing. Jesus was filled completely, 100%. The Bible says that Jesus was filled with, with uh, uh, grace and truth. The Son of Man was, was full of grace and truth. Let me tell you what people do. I'm coming away from my notes, but here's what people do is there's, there's, there's grace there's grace people and there's truth people, okay? Think about quandrums right here. Think about four little squares. There's grace people and there's truth people, okay? Jesus was filled with grace and truth. Now, grace people are the people that tell you everything that you want to hear. Oh, you're, 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 you're okay. God loves you. That's okay that, you're, that, you're, that you've made these choices. That's okay. God loves you. You're going to be all right, right? Grace people, always. It's always positive, right? Then there's the truth people, nothing but truth, and these people tell you, man, you really blew it. You ain't no good. You're going, to, you're going to be destroyed. Your life is going down to destruction. So, so you've got someone sharing nothing but truth, and, 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 and they feel like a boss. They're on you all the time. I can't believe you did this. I can't believe you did that. You're no good, no, you're no good for nothing. You did this. Here's what God wants. Jesus was filled, completely filled with 100% grace and 100% truth. It's very important that we have people in our life that will speak grace to us and say, God loves you. You're a child of God. He's got a great plan for your life. But, hey, the truth of the matter, if you don't change these things, you're going down a path that's going gonna, gonna to hinder you. It's going to trip you up. And so many people just speak grace into, into someone's life, and they, they, want, they tell them the, what makes you feel good, but they never deal with the things that need to be dealt with. And if you don't do that, you're not helping that person grow you and I need people in our life to keep us accountable so that we can grow in grace and in truth. And Paul says this. He says, he says Christ himself gave the apostles. Who gave them? Christ. Christ himself gave the apostles. He gave the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And he gave these, this leadership, he gave these servant leaders to help you mature in your walk with Christ. So you know when you're under healthy leadership, when they're continually leading you down a path to maturity. They're not giving you a, a lot of ice cream. They're not giving you a lot of cake without giving you some uh, roast and some salad. They're, they're leading you to mature healthily, and that's vital to our lives. And, and for, for those of you that are in here and you're, you're a leader in the church, look at what Peter said. Peter said this. He said, now a word to you who are elders or shepherds. In the churches, I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I too 
will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a feller, uh, fellow shepherd or elder, I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you get out of it, not because you are eager to, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. So the fruit, the fruit of, of, of healthy leadership, and I pray that this could be said of Living Word Chapel, we should always continually be striving to become everything that God calls us to be. The fruit is that they have a heart to grow people into spiritually mature individuals. But here's what happens. This is, what, this is the danger, and we all have it as people. We as people are notorious, are notorious for shunning away accountability. We push healthy accountability away, right? And we, we get to the place and we say, you know what, I don't need, I don't need you telling me what to do. I don't, need, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to go to a small group. I don't need to go to, you know, to have this mentor. I don't need to have this brother in Christ or this sister in Christ who I spend time with, who, who pours into my life. And what you're really saying, if you think about it, what you're really saying is I don't need the accountability. Now, hear me now, beloved. Hear me now. Without accountability, you will never grow into the person that Christ wants you to be. The reason this is so important today is because God, through his word, is speaking to all of us. God spoke to me when I put it together. But now he's speaking to all of us in here. And you get to weigh it out. And, and, and you know when it's truth. You know when it's truth. You can, you can gauge truth. You can gauge whenever you, you walk away from accountability. You can, you can, those thoughts that come in your mind, I don't need church. I don't need someone telling me what to do. To do. I don't need that elder uh, saying that. You know what the Bible says about the elders? They're going to have a higher judgment. We're going to go before God and he's going to say, okay, how did you guys live? What did you say? Can I tell you, that scares the H-E double hockey sticks out of me. That what is, <laughs> I'll just say it, it scares the hell out of me. When you, th- when you, when you, when you say, you know, I, I don't want to do something that's going, going to be against what the Lord has us do. We want to, to honor God with everything that we do. And honoring God means an investment into the lives of God's people for them to be able to grow in the things of the Lord. I could go on with that, but here's, here's the, the fourth lane. Lane number four, and this is so important to you. This is so important to you. Serving others will break the bondage of entitlement. We live in a world, especially in a generation where everyone thinks they're entitled to everything. But everything we have is a privilege and a blessing from God above. We live in a country. We live, we, I would say this, because I've traveled. I would say this. We live in the greatest country in the world. But we're not entitled to this country. We're blessed to have been able to be called citizens of this country, whether we were born or naturalized. There are people that have fought and they have given their lives for the things that we enjoy so greatly. 
And if you're in here and you've served in military, if you've served in any capacity, I want to thank you. In fact, right now we're going to applaud you for what you've done for us in the work of God. And you have paid the price. You have paid the price for what we enjoy. Some, some, some uh, veterans come back and they've got all kinds of things, that uh, ailments that they're dealing with, whether it's PTSD or it's a, it's a, it's a physical ailment, and, and, and they're paying the price. We are not entitled to anything. Now, let me just say something that's even greater than that. We receive salvation for free through Jesus Christ, but salvation has never been free. He paid the ultimate price so that we could have his peace and the restoration with the Father and so that we could walk in the things of God. And you know what Jesus teaches me? Jesus teaches me this. He said, I didn't come to this world to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom. Can I tell you, beloved, you will never grow in your walk if you don't serve and make people better. You will never grow in your walk if you do not serve and make your church better. You will never grow in your family if you do not serve and make your family better. The people that serve are growing in their maturity. And Paul said, Christ gave the apostles and he gave the prophets and he gave the evangelists and he gave the pastors and the teachers for this reason, to equip his people, the church, for works of service. You see, if, if I and Mike and, and, and uh, the elders, if we're not equipping you for works of service, we're doing a disjustice to the work of God. He said, so that the people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up so when you're working, you're serving, you're building the body. And look at what it says. Until we all reach unity. Unity. Where we grow, where we mature together. In the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. And we become mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You'll never mature. You'll never mature without serving. You'll never mature without healthy accountability. You'll never mature past your hurt. And you'll never mature if you don't fight, fight, and with every effort, try to stay united. Can I tell you, the devil will always work to divide the church, always. He'll always work to divide the family because if he can divide the family, he'll divide a society. If he divides the church, the people that are not coming to church say, why in the world am I going to go to church? I can have that problem over here where I'm at. If you're talking to people in the world about how bad the people are in the church, can I tell you, what are you doing? What are you doing? There's no perfect person in the church except one, and his name is Jesus Christ. All of us in here are a work in progress. And what we're, what, you know what the progression is? What are we working toward? Maturity. Grow up already. That's what I thought yesterday. Grow up already. To me, grow up already. I want everyone to bow your heads.
Because God brought you here today. God brought you here to hear this message. And more than, more than that, for you to start a relationship with Jesus Christ if you've never started one. There's someone in here, you're stifled from your, in, in your growth. You're stifled. You're, you're in this place where you're in difficulty. You're warring inside of your heart. There's a war going inside of your mind. And, and, and God wants to help you to navigate through that. And Jesus wants to set you free. But you've got to take a hold of his hand. You've got to embrace him. He says, come and follow me. He doesn't force us to do anything. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead us in a prayer. And, and, and if you're here this morning and, and God is nudging on your heart, just agree with me in this prayer and, and, and give Jesus an opportunity in your life and you'll never be disappointed. He'll save you. He'll save you. And he'll give you a gift. He'll give you a gift of peace. He'll give you a gift of righteousness. He'll give you a gift of, of reconciliation. Heavenly Father, thank you for providing our path to maturity in and through Jesus Christ. Forgive me for trying to navigate through my life without you, especially when I think that my ways are better than yours. Today, I choose to get back on track by placing my dependence on your ways and your path, which is given to me in Jesus Christ, and it's found in the pages of the Bible. So Jesus, I am embracing you today. I am, I am choosing to follow you from this day forward. Help me in the places I don't know anything about. I give you my heart and my life today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now everyone keep your heads bowed. I just feel such a sweet presence in here. And I just believe someone in here, you're just, God is just working on you. And if you're here today and you, you prayed that prayer and you're saying, Jesus, I, I, I just want to follow you. It's not about a, a church. It's not about religion. Just, it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Just raise your hand so that I can see it. But more importantly than God, yeah, awesome, man. Praise God. I see that hand, brother. Anyone else? It's, it's, it's just you and Jesus saying, Lord, I need you. Yeah, so many hands went up and it's just a beautiful thing. And Everyone just, you can look at me. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.